In order to keep bringing you guys tons of free content, we work with brand partners who you'll hear from in this episode, including an advertisement from Zopabank. Welcome back to the Talk 20s podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode of Us in the Studio. Today, I'm joined in the studio by sex educator Millie Shields as we dive into dating, relationships and sex. Some of our most requested topics to chat about life in your 20s. In this episode, we're going to be talking about so many things, including what's normal and not normal in the world of dating and sex, how to create boundaries and rebuilding your confidence after being cheated on. If you enjoy listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review or comment down below on YouTube. Let's crack on with the show. So hello, Millie. Welcome to the podcast. It's amazing to have you here. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. It's lovely to be here. Honestly, I'm so grateful to be on it as well. So thank you for having me. Uh, We're going to get chatting about a lot of different topics today. A lot. Absolutely. Um, But one of the things we should probably talk about straight up is why do you like talking about sex education (laughs) on the internet? The amount of times I've had that question (laughs) from like everyone I meet. They're just like, why do you do that? Yeah. I think... I went through a really bad breakup about two years ago or just Mm -hmm. over two years ago. And I actually started a new job the week that I broke up with him. And it was all about sexual wellness, this job was. And I actually just thought there's so much that I didn't even know before I was in this relationship. There was so much I still don't know. And I'm kind of like learning on the job as well. So why don't I just like educate people as I'm going along? And there were so many people that would ask questions when I started putting that type of content out there that I was like, okay, this is definitely needed. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, the most basic questions I'd get and I'd be like, why don't we know this? Mm-hmm. And then when I was actually growing up, my mum used to be so formal trying to teach me about sex. And I just used to cringe and be like, oh, been there. let's have a birds and the bees chat. Yeah, so she like, had this book yeah. and we used to have to sit down at the kitchen table and read through this book. And I was like, this is oh, wow, really so formal. uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I do not want to be speaking about this with my mum. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, why? Like, why yeah. is it so formal? Why is it so, that's what makes it taboo, right? Mm-hmm. So... I was like, no, let's just make this like an everyday conversation. And that's exactly what TikTok is. So to do Mm -hmm. it like that, I just thought it was the best. Mm -hmm. And when you started, like, did you ever feel uncomfortable about opening up about kind of sex online? Because because it's so taboo. Like, how did you go from like sitting down and reading a book with your with your mum and thinking this is so awkward to actually talking quite openly and having those conversations? I've never actually thought about that. But I think when you go through school, there's so many different things that happen from like boys teasing you like oh you definitely do this to yourself I would think like Mm. yeah I do like what's wrong with that and I would never understand why it was so different for us to talk about things but it was fine for guys too especially in school like I was sent home every week for my skirt being too short or for distracting the boys or And I just never understood why it was different for us and why it wouldn't be like that for them. When it came to talking about that kind of stuff on Instagram and TikTok, because I found it so normal and I never really understood why it wasn't, the only thing I thought was odd was like the formality of my mum teaching me. But when I understood that like she was just trying to do it so I was most informed going into it, then Mm -hmm. I just had a completely different outlook on it. And I felt so comfortable from as soon as I started doing it on TikTok and people said to my parents at home like do you know the kind of content Millie's putting out like yeah are you not embarrassed and my mum she had no idea at the time but she was like no I'm not embarrassed like what's she speaking about and then when she looked she was like no it's actually good like 
why is that embarrassing? Because we all do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I feel exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a bit of judgment around it for sure. But I don't feel awkward. People can ask me any question. I don't feel awkward talking about anything. Like, I feel like I'm literally the definition of like an open book at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you mentioned there that like this kind of came out because of like the end of a relationship. Was that like yeah. a mutual? Was it a difficult breakup? Like what was the situation there if you don't mind sharing? No, not at all. I think, so I got with him when I was about 17 okay. and then it ended when I was 23. And It's a long time. It's a long time and it's such a transitional period as well. Like mm-hmm. you grow up so much in those years. And I think it was part of us growing apart he did also cheat on me multiple times okay. through the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think I was kind of learning my worth through all of that. But I did stay with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's easier said than done to leave someone, especially mm-hmm. when you are questioning your worth and what you do and what you don't want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the final straw was he cheated on me again. And I was like, I actually don't need this stress in my life. Like I struggled really bad mentally towards the end of the relationship. But I think it was because... I knew my worth, but then he was telling me different. And I just, it was like a fight between myself. Yeah. And I think a lot of that now I try and put into like educational content, even if it's to do with boundaries or dating and those sorts of behaviours. So, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of the content that I've seen you talk about actually is that rebuilding yourself after someone cheats on you and yeah. kind of knowing your worth. How have you overcome that in your life? Because I think that is a huge topic so many of us go through it I've yeah. been through it myself when I was in my teens as well it's a huge confidence knock yeah it how is. how do you go about rebuilding yourself and your self-confidence and feeling confident to go out and date again after something as traumatic as being cheated on I think I don't know what happened to me when I when I had that breakup like I genuinely don't know what happened but as soon as I sort of left it was like a relief mm. and I genuinely felt like a new person like my confidence was like unmatched. Like even now I look back on when I, when I was single and I was like, whoa, like you were probably a bit too confident if anything. But I just thought like someone's made me question that for years when like I'm in my prime and I try and take advice from so many people who are older than me that have been through similar situations and they always just say like, how can anyone else question you when you're genuinely in your prime? You're like mm-hmm. early 20s, you probably look the best you're ever going to look. Like (laughs) you should feel the best, you know, healthy, like being healthy than you're ever going to feel again. Like how can someone else question that? And it just, it made me think. And I think hearing advice from people who have been cheated on and how to sort of get over it. But I just think it's all about boundaries and really thinking about what you want and sort of, people say like in your your 20s, you have to be selfish. And I think to be selfish in terms of like dating relationships boundaries is what you need to do to sort of question everything you do and be like why am I doing it like that and just having the self-awareness and I think when you realize that you can be that self-aware it kind of like subconsciously builds your confidence again Mm -hmm. without you even noticing but doing things that you love and for you not doing them for anyone else Mm -hmm. and I think that definitely helped me Mm -hmm. yeah I was like um in my very very like one of my long-term relationships that I had, I've been in a long-term relationship now for like nine, 10 years, Mm -hmm. but I had like another, like more serious relationship. I've only really ever had one other one, uh, one other. 
And I was cheated on very, very publicly in that relationship. So much so that it was like a friend that was in the friendship group. Wow. And like the whole, it was in sixth form. So it was like the whole sixth form knew like the next day because it had happened like at a party. And like they went then on went yeah. to have a relationship, like fair play. Like they were like wanting to yeah. like be in relationship like no problems there mm -hmm. but I think it was just like the public humiliation and the shame because I think when a, something like that happens especially if that partner has been in your life for yeah. such a long period of time they know your family they know your friends and then like that happens so publicly yeah although it's totally on him mm -hmm. that this had happened like it was his poor decision I felt so much yeah. shame inside like I'm not worthy mm -hmm. like you know uh, someone else is better than me like everyone's I'm gonna not look wanted. at me everyone's gonna look at me like, and like yeah. it honestly felt like I walked into the sixth form center and like all these lights like we've got in the studio right now maybe that's why I do this right now because I'm so <laughs> used to like the light was literally being on yeah. me and it was like wow public shame embarrassment yeah like back in the olden days when they'd literally like throw stones at the person it literally yeah. it felt like that mm -hmm. And I don't know how I managed to get through that because at that time it was really, really horrible. It's and I the think the worst feeling. Literally. Like, it's horrid. Literally. And I don't know how I picked my piece up and kind of rebuilt because mm -hmm. I still had to go to school every day, still had to see them. Yeah. And like, obviously now I don't like completely, I've never even bumped into them. Mm -hmm. um, but like that felt like such a horrible thing yeah. to go through. But so many people go through it in their so 20s. So many people, like even when I've spoken on TikTok about how I found out that I was cheated on and mm. how I, how that all came about. People are like, oh my God, I've been through this. I've been through this. And even until I was out of the relationship, I never spoke about it, but he cheated on me quite a few times in that relationship. And I never actually spoke about any of it to family, to friends until wow. I was out of it because I, yeah. I was embarrassed and I felt like- So in, in a way you were protecting him. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was, you do feel like a type of shame, like- yeah blame yourself sometimes as well but I remember actually over COVID I the first girl that he cheated on me with I consistently compared myself to her and I remember just sitting there and just crying to him it's just like a random day I don't even know why it was on my mind but it yeah. is when you've been cheated on it's always on your mind yeah and he was just like where has this come from but I was like hysterical and I think that was probably a bit of a turning point as well because I was like this happened about two years ago and I'm still going still over it like this it, in yeah. my head and it's still like a massive issue. So yeah, you just can't, you can't let if something affecting you that much. You just, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. You can't do it to yourself. So for you, I don't know if you feel this way, but like when I then go into my now very serious relationship and obviously mm -hmm. I'm getting married next year, like very, very exciting. Congrats. But like my, the way I approach my relationship now is so different. Yeah. Like, and I've taken like, or I don't know, like we always talk about, you know, you learn from your failures and stuff yeah. like that, but all the things that I did wrong in that original mm -hmm. relationship and all the warning signs, I was like, this is not going well. Yeah. Like I have like been able to kind of put together a relationship that like yeah. is really positive. And I think that when you go through those times, like if, if I were to go through it again, or if like my daughter were to go through like a being cheated on or probably, I would genuinely say like, this will prepare you for what then feels right in a relationship yeah. because then when you're in the right relationship you'll be like this doesn't feel hard this doesn't feel difficult I'm not being cheated I feel worthy and yeah. all of those kind of things and you can call out the bullshit way earlier I yeah. think if you have to see the positives in these horrible experiences a quick ad break from Zopa Bank. See if you could cut your monthly cost by connecting your accounts using the Zopa Bank app. Simply head to the For You page in the app, link your accounts and get personalized insights and tips to see if you could save on your bills or subscriptions. Just search Zopa, that's Z-O-P-A in your chosen app store. 
Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And I think when I came out of that relationship, I looked back at stuff that maybe I had not done the best as yeah. well. And you sort of realise how you can react better to things or how you can improve for your partner when it when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that changed a lot when I was dating and things as well. Like I went into things with just a completely different perspective, completely different mindset. And I was like, I felt so bad coming out of that relationship. And like, we lived together. So like moving out, it was just awful. And it was really sad. But when I was dating, I was like, this actually feels good though, because now I know where I've gone wrong. I can notice other things and it just helps me going forward. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is massive Mm -hmm. in finding the right relationship is communication. Massively. It's huge. Oh, it's honestly just because it's it's so difficult for some people to communicate yeah. and I still find it wild that it is that difficult and for some people it's actually easier to manipulate a situation it's easier to gaslight than just to be honest yeah. and I just find that crazy because mm-hmm. I'm so black and white I'm very to the point so when someone isn't like that with me I'm like how is that so difficult yeah and communication is literally the base of everything friendships family romantic relationships like non-monogamous relationships everything like that Mm. that is just the base of it and I think you're never taught that as well like we talk about all this stuff you're not taught about sex but you're never taught communication honesty like transparency they're Mm. really core things in a relationship that you need Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And I think even when it's just, it's not even like a serious relationship, even if it's just like yeah. a one night thing, like still communication, yeah. like it, it pays to be a good communicator. It like really does. In it all does. scenarios. You could save yourself a lot of trouble, even on like in one night stands and dating mm-hmm. and stuff like that, even if you're just a good communicator, because yeah. there's no second guessing then. Like There isn't. You know. And this is always the advice I'd give. Like when I was single and I, I had like casual situations and that's all I wanted because I knew for myself I wasn't ready for a relationship and I'd tell my friends things that gone on and they'd be like oh you can't say that and I'd be like why like that's that's what it is like if it's casual I don't want to text all the time because Mm -hmm. I'll probably develop feelings I don't want them to sleep over I don't want any of that because Mm -hmm. that's for me when I start to develop feelings and I don't want to for this person yeah. and like I don't see myself with them and I don't want to get carried away in like potential or mm-hmm. anything like that I just want it to be purely what it is what we've always agreed for it to be mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh like can you say that but like as women as well you're always taught to please someone mm-hmm. and sort of do what they want to do but to be bl- it might seem blunt but so be it like mm-hmm. that's what I want and if mm-hmm. you don't then let's not do this and if How you do, do communicate let's do that this. then that you want a casual situation I think I just state from the off like what do you want and if they're like oh see where it goes which I think is a bit of a shit response if I'm (laughs) going to be totally honest like you're lying you're not seeing where this goes you clearly want something just tell me I'm fine with that Mm -hmm. and I'd say like I'm actually fine if you want something casual just let me know yeah some boys would pretend they did and then they'd want more or some boys would say otherwise but if a boy literally said to me like yeah do you know what I'm not looking for anything serious I'd probably massively respect that Mm -hmm. and then be like do you know what neither am I so let's just call this what it is Mm -hmm. and like I said don't fall for potential don't romanticize it see it for what it is and what you've agreed that it will be Mm -hmm. and leave it at that like I had a situation and we'd agree to 
if we wanted something, then he would either come to mine or I would go to his. We'd have a bit of a catch up as like quite platonically and mm. then, you know, do whatever we wanted to do. And then I'd be like, okay, see you later. Like, mm. see you next time. <laughs> like, yeah. it wouldn't be like that because I didn't want anything else. And yeah. it honestly was like, it was really healthy because there was so much communication in it. And he... I think because we did communicate that from the off, he had respect for me, I had respect for him and it was never going to get messy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because this generation loves to be messy. Yeah. And I will never understand it, <laughs> never. Do you think that even in that situation though, like you can still catch feelings? Like what should you do then if you do start to feel like, you know, we said this was going to be platonic. Yeah. Like we said this was going to be just like a fling or like just yeah. for what it is. Like, but I'm actually starting to catch feelings. Would you say that like straight up and be like, this is where my head is at? Yeah. Or like, what would you do in that situation? Transparency is number one. Yeah. So I think if you do start to catch feelings, there's no harm in saying, listen, I know we agreed it was going to be this because we've spent a certain amount of time together, I'm actually starting to like you as a person. Like, yeah. I think I could see this going somewhere romantically. If they're like, whoa, no, we agreed it would just be casual. Then you'd have to be like, okay, well, I think that it's best if we stop this then because yeah. I'm I'm going to get myself hurt. Yeah. If they're like, oh yeah, I could see it going the same, the same way. Then I think you then have to communicate what you want from a partner because obviously they haven't been acting like a partner. It's a different thing. It's a different yeah. relationship. So mm -hmm. I think then communicating your boundaries, communicating what you actually want, you know, if you want to go out and be dated, then make that clear. And if they don't want to do that, then they're not the person for you. Mm -hmm. And like I always, just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. If they're not doing it, don't fall for the potential. Don't, hope for yeah. too much because they you know boys don't love to be the most honest and some girls don't either mm -hmm. so if they say you know I can see this going going somewhere romantic and then they don't do the things that you've sort of been asking for then you just have to put yourself first mm -hmm. and you know I think that's really good advice though because I think a lot of people would just carry on the situation but try and make it feel like oh yeah, yeah. it's a thing now like it's a relationship when actually like what you've just said there, basically communicate like, no, we're after, we're, I'm after something different now. I'm yeah. not after like just a fling. I'm yeah. after like a romantic partner and this is what I'd look for in a romantic partner. And this yeah. is my expectations. Mm -hmm. I think that is like golden advice because yeah. if you set those boundaries, then if they go out oh, and it just continues the way it is, then you know that that's not a relationship and then yeah. you don't have to kind of, you know, want something that doesn't, isn't going to happen basically. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people do romanticize it and they just, yeah. they just really end up getting hurt or they end up getting themselves in a really toxic or sticky situation. But it's like, you haven't communicated it to them. They haven't communicated properly with you, even though they might see that you are falling for them or something. Mm -hmm. And it just, yeah, the mess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'd love to chat to you a little bit more about sex. Absolutely. Very taboo topic. <laughs> but we're going to break all those taboos today yeah. because we're not afraid to talk about it. Talk 20s is a place where, you know, we want these conversations to be heard. The things that we didn't learn in school, yeah. this is where you can get it. Unfiltered, unbarred, like there is literally yeah. no holes barred. No. Is that the saying? No holes barred? Don't know. I'm going to sure. say it anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, for you then, like from your experience talking about sex on the internet, yeah. what are the things that have shocked you the most? The thing that has shocked me the most is people not knowing what's normal and what's normal and what's not. Mm -hmm. And I think 
I've actually learned from doing this job, from talking to people over social media that there is like normal is a myth. Yeah. Like there isn't one thing that is normal during sex. Mm -hmm. Everyone's bodies are so different. Every mm -hmm. person is so different what people may like is so different. Yeah. So there isn't actually anything that is considered normal. There might be things that are like unhealthy or not not great and your your body might not like certain things, but there isn't actually something like normal. Yeah. And that's what shocks me a lot is that you're taught that there is one sort of way of sex when you get taught it at school and it's purely to make a baby and that's the only sex that everybody has when mm -hmm. it's just not correct. No. It's just really not. There's so many different types of sex. There's so many different like ways that you can have sex and you're just never taught that. And I think just the lack of education around so many different things mm -hmm. is, it shocks me every time. And mm -hmm. every time I get a question, I'm just like... <sighs> Like, this is exhausting mm. because why isn't this, why isn't this something that we're just taught from the off? Yeah. What kind of questions do you get? I get a lot of questions from girls about bleeding during sex, mm -hmm. about um, things happening to them during sex or like in a sexual situation and they don't know whether it's okay or they feel sad or upset about it afterwards and they don't know why. I get a lot of questions from guys about erectile dysfunction or why do I feel this way mm -hmm. after sex or and those things as well I'm like they're quite easy to answer mm -hmm. so the fact that we're not taught still yeah. I'm like let's talk about it then so bleeding during sex mm -hmm. why would that happen it can happen for so many different reasons and it, the first time you're having sex as well, like it can happen, but it doesn't always happen. And that's one of the things I like, oh, I've had sex for the first time. I haven't bled. Like, does this mean it's going to come at some point? I'm waiting for this like explosion. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it might not happen for you. Yeah. And that's fine. Like it happened for me, but it happened to me about two years after I started having sex. Mm -hmm. So it can be delayed. It's mm -hmm. not always a thing. Like I said, it's, always you're like learning on the job when you're having sex literally like even like I'm, I've just turned 26 I'm still learning mm -hmm. um it can happen you know if, if there's pain that comes with it then that's not normal mm -hmm. and that's something that you should go and get checked and it I think there's shame in going to get things checked as well like it's it's fine like if you're if you had a toothache you go and get it checked mm -hmm. you know if you had pain when you were eating or if you heard something and it hurt your ear, like you'd go and get it checked. So why is it any different? It's mm -hmm. still a part of your body. Mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot of shame, especially with women that comes with it. So we got all embarrassed, but there isn't any, like if something doesn't feel right, you know your own body, if something doesn't feel right, go and get it checked. Mm -hmm. Right, erectile dysfunction then, from your perspective, lots of guys asking you about this yeah. as well. Like what do they need to know? And like, how can that be a case? First of all, it's very common. Yeah. So they don't need to be embarrassed about it. They don't need to feel shame about it. And it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So obviously not feel shame, but it is very common. So many guys experience it and it might just be how your body reacts to certain things. But mm -hmm. what I would say to a lot of guys is don't talk the most. Don't put that pressure on yourself before you have sex with someone. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time it can be in your head. If you're talking, you know, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Wow, I'm so mm -hmm. sexy. And then it comes to it and you're actually like, whoa, this is the first time I'm having sex with this person. 
or even if I like, if you might like them and then feel a certain pressure, mm-hmm. then it can throw you off because you're in your own head. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, oh, I'm a bit nervous to have sex with you because I like you. Like, again, the honesty, the transparency. Like, if someone said that to me, I'd actually really rate it. I'd Mm -hmm. be like, that's actually so sweet. And I'm so glad that you were able to be honest with me. Mm -hmm. Let's just take it slow. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of guys think that they have to put this on when they really don't. A lot of things that happen during sex and for women as well it can just really be that you're in your own head Mm -hmm. and you know if it's happening every single time you're having sex like I said go and get it checked go and see a GP Mm -hmm. but a lot of things I I do think it's because we're in our own head or we're just not familiar enough with our own bodies Mm -hmm. absolutely I definitely think that the being in your own head thing and like overthinking situations as well especially when it's like yeah the first time like in general or the first time with someone like yeah. you can feel really excited about it and like all these kind of emotions and then you mm-hmm. get to it and you're like oh like that was really anticlimactic yeah. or that was really like not what I was expecting or I kind of bigged it up in my head this way and yeah. you can really start to overthink things yeah. for sure I completely agree like when I became single I I was like yeah I'm gonna go and sleep with loads of people because mm-hmm. well I thought that's what you're supposed to do after a break. <laughs> and yeah. I realised it definitely doesn't help. Yeah. But I started to realise like, okay, when you have sex with someone for the first time, especially as a woman, it's mm-hmm. not the best experience because they don't know your body. And yeah. that's like completely normal. It's n- nothing that anyone needs to be blamed for. It's just that you don't know my body. I don't know yours. You know, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. And we, we yeah. move and we we get to know each other's bodies or we just cut it here. Yeah. You know, it's it's absolutely fine and it's it's actually a lot more relaxed when you think about it like that I just mm-hmm. you don't know my body I don't know yours but if we if we carry on this then we can like direct each other we can get to know what each other likes mm-hmm. and it's a process like trust the process how do you have that conversation then you've maybe had sex with someone a few times you know a couple of times and it's not gone the best but you maybe like this person and you see potential yeah. like you know in other ways but you want to steer the sex in a certain direction. How do you bring up that conversation? This is difficult for a lot of people because you don't, you have to do it in a respectful way. You know, if you like this person as well, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You don't want to embarrass anyone, which I completely understand. But I think just saying like, oh, I, you know, I really like when you do this during sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really a fan of when you do that during sex, Mm -hmm. but like, that's just how I like it. It's nothing to do with like what you're doing or how you're doing it. It's just what I like. Mm -hmm. That can be like a good conversation when you're not in a bedroom situation. I probably wouldn't do it in a bedroom situation because they might be a bit like, oh. And then get in their head. And then get in their head and it just doesn't end well. No. I probably wouldn't have that kind of conversation when you're in the middle of having sex either. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not the time or the place. (laughs) (laughs) If you are having sex and you want to say something, I'd probably try and say it in like a kind of you could say it in like a dirty talk kind of way or yeah. you could just be like just move there slightly or just move here slightly and it's it's just like you're being a bit of a director in the situation which I think's fine to do like as long as you're saying it in a nice way you're not like oh, what are you doing like don't yeah. say it like that. No. <laughs> but yeah just with kindness and mm. I do think having those conversations outside of sex. And even if you want to try something new as well, a lot of people ask me this, like, I want to try this, but I don't have a clue how to bring it up. Mm -hmm. I say like, 
what I've done in the past is like, oh, my friend tried this and they really enjoyed it. Like, should we try mm-hmm. doing that? Or like, would that be something that you're interested in? Mm-hmm. And see their response. And if, because it's not directly about us and I'm talking about someone else, even if, you know, my friend you doesn't say anything. The reaction. Yeah, yeah, I can gauge the reaction. If they're yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm not into that. I'd be like, okay, pass. But <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I, you know, if they seem interested, I'm like, okay, then let's make yeah. it happen. Like, or let's do this next time. And yeah, it's yeah. all about sort of gauging their reaction and then mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, I would like to try that. If you if you don't, then, you know, that's mm-hmm. okay. But I've spoken about this before as well. I came out as bisexual in my last relationship mm-hmm. and I said, listen, I'm not really prepared to go my life now because I thought I was going to be with that person, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, good one. But <laughs> I said, I'm not really prepared to go with without ever sleeping with a woman. Mm-hmm. So like, how are we going to overcome that and it wasn't really something that he was interested in Mm -hmm. but like as time went by you know he got used to the idea but even if you're in a relationship you know it's it's okay to speak about those things Mm -hmm. and it should always be met with respect and if it's Mm -hmm. not then you know that's up to you to decide what you want to do but Mm -hmm. don't feel like you can't bring anything up just because you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. as well because I definitely felt that at times Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. That's a difficult topic to approach there with like, like wanting to sleep with a woman, but being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you even have that discussion? Well, I I just sat him down and said, listen, I definitely fancy women. Yeah. And I don't want to go the rest of my life without ever sleeping with one. Mm -hmm. So you can either get involved or (laughs) let me do my own thing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like I said, he definitely wasn't keen to begin with, but that was just a process and Mm -hmm. eventually kind of got used to the idea and you know you can experiment or if they're okay with it then they can let you do your own thing Mm -hmm. which again I think is absolutely fine as long as it's open communication I think the whole thread of this whole podcast has just been communication yeah communication honesty transparency is you know some of these conversations that you might have to have about sex and about relationships are really difficult yeah but difficult conversations are like the best ones to have Mm -hmm. because you can grow and learn from them so much and I think I've learned that as well since being apart from my partner my Mm ex-partner is that they can be really difficult but that's okay Mm -hmm. absolutely I think we also can't have a podcast talking about sex without talking about consent and boundaries absolutely um so how do you communicate your boundaries and what you don't want to do in the bedroom and being really clear that like you know about that side of things yeah I I think I've learned that boundaries really start from like the very beginning like I said if if you're in a casual situation you have to set boundaries of what you do and don't want when you get get into a relationship again you have to set those separate boundaries Mm -hmm. I think People are so scared of this and it baffles me every time because I'm like, you can have sex with someone, but you don't want to tell them how you feel. Like, Mm -hmm. how does that work? Like, you're literally stood in front of that person butt naked, but you wouldn't tell them how you feel. Like, that makes no sense to me. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't correlate. So I think before you start having sex with someone, easier said than done, obviously, if it's like a one night stand situation, Mm -hmm. but if you are dating someone and then you sleep with them again setting those boundaries and having an open conversation you can literally say to someone on a date like I've done this so many times and been like so what are you into like sexually like how would you describe yourself sexually like what what do you like what don't you like and then it gives them an opportunity to say oh I like this I don't like that and Mm -hmm. then if they can ask you the same back and that's your moment 
that's your time to shine yeah and say I love this that's something I'm really not into and you know if if this progresses and we do end up having sex I'd appreciate if that was never a thing Mm -hmm. and just setting them from the off and Mm. If you can doing it before you start to have sex with them, it's also okay if you are having sex with someone and they do something you don't like mm-hmm. or something comes up down the line. It's okay to be like, oh, I'm not really into that and I'd prefer if we didn't do that again or it's triggering or it makes me feel a yeah. certain way. Like, mm-hmm. let's just not. And they, they do have to respect that. And if someone does it more than once and you, you have to say, listen, it's not okay. Yeah. And stick up for yourself as hard as it that may be as well mm-hmm. you have to say if something's not okay and if you're 100%. not okay with something or if something's you know a bit more intense than you actually thought mm-hmm. and you're like well stop I don't yeah. like it yeah no definitely well Millie I've loved chatting to you about sex and relationships and all the do's and don'ts for kind of getting into relationships yeah. and how you can be more open and have communication with people but mm-hmm. I'd love to dive into chatting a little bit more about your 20s in general because you said something whilst we were getting coffee before this podcast and I was like oh, but I don't even want to hear the story before we <laughs> in the coffee shop because I want you to to say it on the podcast yeah. and I wanted my reaction to be live so tell us why you bought a dog on a night out. <laughs> Honestly, this story. So I had not long gone through my breakup. Right. And I was on a night out and my cousin had texted me to say that she had got this dog. She's very settled down. She's got a boyfriend, a house. Yeah. You know, I was chaotic, single, was renting. <laughs> Definitely wasn't my time. Yeah. But she was like, got this dog, look how cute it is. And I was like, oh my God, I need one. So I was like, send me the link of where you got this dog or send me the woman's number. And she was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. But I was drunk on a night out. So I rang this woman and I was like, how many puppies do you have left? I want one. Yeah. And she was like, okay, that's fine. We've got two left. And I was like, I'll have one. Don't care which one it is. I'm just, I'm having one. And she was like, send me the deposit. So she was like, send me the deposit of 300 pounds. So I was like, okay, did it. (laughs) The worst hangover ever when I've got to go and buy a crate, a bed, yeah. everything. I've got yeah. to drive to Leeds to go and pick up this dog. And she's like, okay, the remaining's like £850. And I'm like, "Why?" Wow. that was really an expensive uh, night out. Yeah, <laughs> help. <laughs> and then I literally had this puppy and uh, yeah, I had to go home with him. But please obviously like puppies are amazing like and they don't, are. don't do this at home guys like really don't do not do this at home do not do this is like a big we're talking about adulting failures here like this is not fun but like That's what really I want to know is Humphrey well cared for like he absolutely <laughs> is so I kind of had to pull myself together at that point yeah. and it, it did actually help yeah like I said don't do it at home yeah. but it did actually help because I was in a weird place I was just yeah. chaos all the time like going out a lot And when I had him, I was like, okay, it's literally like a baby. Like I have to look after him. Mm -hmm. I have to train him. Otherwise he's going to be a mess. Yeah. So it did sort of get me together. But then because everything changed in my life again, I changed jobs again and all this. And Mm -hmm. my parents absolutely love him. So I actually gave him to them for like a week and they never actually gave 
Gave him back. Gave him back. Yeah. Because so my dad loved yeah. yeah. My dad loved him so much and my dad was grieving really badly at the time as well. So he was like, Please can we just have the dog? He's what really helping. Humphrey's been me. able to you to do for you guys in love. Like that is so yeah. cute. Like help you out of a difficult relationship yeah, situation honestly. and help your dad with grief. Yeah. What and a beautiful do you know I mean, what? I'm obsessed with dogs. So. Yeah. I don't regret getting him. Yeah. But it just probably wasn't the right time. Yeah. Big like adulting decision made <laughs> yeah. on a night out, very, very drunk. Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> someone needs to take your phone away from you next next time honestly the phone's in the bag at all times now because i'm like don't buy anything don't don't buy any dogs on a night out (laughs) (laughs) i love that well millie it has been amazing to have you on the podcast and you'll know from listening to the podcast that we always end the podcast with the same question that we ask Mm -hmm. every single one of our guests yeah and it's if you could look back at 20 year old millie and give her just one piece of advice that would see her through her 20s what would you want to say to her Wow. There's so much you learn, like, Mm. as soon as you enter your 20s. Like, I'm six years in and I'm like, there's so many lessons I've probably learned. But I think just to know, just to to be sure on what your values are Mm -hmm. and what your morals are and don't let anyone else, whoever you're surrounding yourself with or who you're in a relationship with, don't let them tarnish that. Like, remind yourself of what your values are and don't change for don't change for anyone and I do mean that in friendship relationships family mm-hmm. members as well like really understand yourself be self-aware and know what your values are because I just even now I just think it's so important and if you're in situations that make you feel uncomfortable like ask yourself why mm-hmm. they make you feel uncomfortable is it because they go against your values mm-hmm. and I do think that's like something I just wish I knew or wish I reminded myself of more Mm. yeah we were talking when we had coffee about like stepping away from situations and friends that Mm. like give off energy that you're just like not about like and how do you actually like move away from those situations to like spend time with them especially when you're in your 20s and like you know it's hard to make friends in your 20s so it's really hard sometimes you put up with it you're like oh that person's really like you know a bit of a you know narcissist or they're Mm. really nasty about other people and I'm not really down for that like I'd rather like them not be in my life but then who am I going to hang out with on the weekend like that's a really sad realization it is it's it's a bit daunting as well you know if a lot of people in their 20s they move away from their hometown and they might not have friends in that place but they have Mm -hmm. friends at home but honestly I have like three friends at home and I'd rather wait for them to come and see me or for me to go and see them than have fake friends in somewhere that I've moved I have Mm. like a couple of friends where I live but I'd honestly just rather the the pureness of like an actual friendship and we were talking as well about having friends for specific things and Mm -hmm. I just really don't agree with that I want friendships to be able to cover everything for me I don't want to use people for certain things Mm -hmm. and I think that's something I've learned like I'm actually okay with having like Really friends that, yeah friends. a really yeah. small yeah. friendship group that I can literally count them on my hand like mm-hmm. I don't care about it I'd rather have that and for it to be real and be able to trust them than have all these random toxic friendships that just really aren't serving me mm-hmm. absolutely I think that's amazing advice and I think an amazing Thanks. way to end the podcast because yeah. I think a lot of us will be thinking about our sex lives our relationships but also who are the friends in our life that, yeah. you know, we don't feel like we love spending time with them. Yeah. And actually it's okay to like take a little step Yeah, back. it's okay. It's hard. Yeah. But that's okay as well. Like you, 
you know, validate your own feelings. You can yeah. feel sad about it, but just know that it is probably best for you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Millie. I have absolutely loved chatting to you on the podcast about thank this. You. I can't wait to see all the content that you put out on social media. Where yeah, can people follow you? You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram and it's all at Millie G Shields. Amazing. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We have loved this episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. And you can also watch on YouTube. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe there too.